incomplete inquiry. So an investigation or uh, an endeavor to understand that is incomplete. You might not feel that it's incomplete, but it is incomplete because the investigation, the inquiry is conditioned or compromised by the self-centeredness that is described in the Yogacara tradition as the seventh consciousness or the klesha mind or the disturbed mind, kusto manavishnana or the diseased mind. Vasubandhu called it manos, I think, or mana, manos, manos. <clears throat> so what is this saying? It's saying, what am I saying? I'm saying that uh, a part of the consciousness that is in the way of the perception is actually filtering out the direct perception of what this is, what life is, what your thoughts are, what who, what other, the appearance of others, everything. It's filtering that out and making up stuff like, oh, you can't do that. Don't go that direction or that's incorrect or that's wrong or you shouldn't do that. That will be harmful. Well, that's not really supportive. Well, how about me? Don't I get some attention here? Why are people disrespecting me? As it says in my teacher, my first teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, in one of his early books called, um, what's it called? What's the one after that? <laughs> myth of Freedom. The Myth of Freedom. In the chapter on the teacher, he says something to the effect of the function of the guru, which just basically is Sanskrit for teacher. The function of the teacher is to insult you. Now, this doesn't mean that the teacher is going to constantly be an ass. If he or she or they did, they probably wouldn't have any students. On the other hand, at times, the, the teaching person or the Sangha, so there's a Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha, the example of someone who is awake. There, was a, there is the teachings of everything is dependently arisen. And so if you're practicing and you're endeavoring to follow this teaching, look at this teaching, use this teaching as a support for your understanding, for your awareness, for your inquiry, then the teaching person may be working with you in such a way that they they know no one else is going to tell you that you're confused. So perhaps they decide to show you abruptly, abruptly and immediately, just out of the space of the relationship, they may insult you. So the function of the teacher is to insult you. In other words, I'm going to help you a little bit with that ego situation you're dealing with. But if you're not, if you don't have a teacher, if you don't look at this person as the teacher, and you you have some ideas about how the teacher should be functioning, in other words, you've not, shall we use this fancy word, surrendered to this situation. I'm not talking about giving up your intelligence. I'm not talking about blind devotion. That doesn't happen uh, in this particular tradition very much. It does some. But not a lot because, well, because as the title of the, the talk, the Dharma talk is, uh, was it? Incomplete inquiry. Inquiry that is looking, but it's incomplete. And the meditator, the one who is using the powerful training technique, training the mind, using this ancient method, protocol for sit down, hold still, see what moves. And because what is moving is the confusion. What is moving, maybe not right away, maybe at first, it's, it could be uh, uh, any combination of stories and situations that are not looked at so much as lessons or not looked at so much as 
something that you need to learn, but are looked at as just just your mind rattling away and being busy. So it takes a while. As I've said before, I was very lucky to have a couple of teachers who did not hesitate to insult me. Well, they may have hesitated, but not very long. I doubt if they had any thoughts about it at all. So the idea, go ahead. What does an insult from a teacher do to a student's practice? Makes them feel bad. If someone insults you, it makes you feel bad. How does that help a student's practice? If they if they are able to take it as a teaching, eventually, maybe not right away, but if they're able to continue to return to that, what was that? What was that? What, not necessarily why was that, but what was that, that when this happened, this felt this way? What was that? In the Yogacara tradition, the breakdown is the first five sense consciousnesses, the sixth of the thinking process, and the seventh, which is the uh, called the klesha mind, and the klesha mind, or is the confused part of consciousness. It isn't actually a little, a little isn't divided up like uh, an egg crate. You know, it's it may have that kind of appearance when we're working with it because we need to have some kind of division, but it's very abstract in a sense. And of course, I need to mention the eighth consciousness, which is the Aliyavijnana, which is Sanskrit for uh, storehouse consciousness. So the confused or sometimes called the reflexive consciousness, the seventh consciousness, has four aspects to it, four afflictions. They are self-love, self-pride, self-delusion. What's the other one? Those were the three I was thinking of. <laughs> well, therefore, huh? Self-love. Self-love. Pride of self, and then self-delusion, and then self. Huh? What? Yeah, it's self-reference. That what you said? Yes. Self-referral. Everything is referred to me. Everything is referred. We all know someone. Maybe it's yourself. Go look in the mirror. That everything is about you. That you can have. You can have that kind of a functionality and not appear egotistical at all. Someone who appears egotistical uh, is a particular kind of person, and they. They may have a lot of pride that may be way under the surface, and they may have a lot of pride that is right out in the open in front of everybody. So the incomplete inquiry is about those four. It's, it's when we go to sit down, hold still, and with, with some inspiration and some intention to live uh, a sane, awakened life, we need to look at how insane and un unawake we are. We have to look at that part of the our mind, and that means you need to actually look at this seventh consciousness. It's very difficult because the seventh consciousness wants to be the gatekeeper of that looking. The seventh consciousness wants to say, "Oh no, this is not working. Don't do this. That's not. No, this is this is because when when the power of shikantaza zazen shine and laktam are the Jap are the uh, Tibetan words for uh, mindfulness awareness practice." When that starts to actually operate, because we just repeatedly do it, we repeatedly do it over and over again, even though the ego is starting to starve and the ego is starting to clamor, you should find something else. This, this teaching is not working for you. You should be, meditation should make you happy and uplifted. You need to find another. Maybe you should do, uh, go study with Thich Nhat Hanh. I don't mean to demean Thich Nhat Hanh. There are people who can't, won't study any other way than through someone like him. So he is there for them, to relative situation. What would a complete inquiry for what is inquiry? Uh, complete inquiry, uh, inquiry is you would not see anything separate. 
you would not see anything separated. You would not see anything that is all one. You would not have an intellectual combination of thought patterns and so on that would describe what you're seeing. Nothing could describe what you would be seeing, understanding. What would the inquiry part of that be? The inquiry is to sit down and look at it until you see what it is. Over and over. You, you see what it's not. 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 It's not this. It's not this. It's not this. The Indians even had a term for this back in ancient times called neti, neti, neti. Not this, not this, not this. Everything you look at is not that. It's not that. It's not that. We're not exactly doing that, uh, some kind of negation, but we're just sitting down and observing. And then negation will take care of itself. So we don't actually actually have to go in and actively take the ego by the throat and strangle it. It's unreal. So you don't have to get rid of something that's unreal. If you see that it's unreal, then depending on which combination of uh, causes and conditions is arising as your particular life form, then you may be just totally flooded with all kinds of, you know, one set of boxcars full of junk after the other. Thought patterns, thought patterns, thought patterns. And what I'm saying, as a Dharma teacher, if you were to come to me and talk about this, I would say, just keep going. Just keep going. What you're describing to me is the path. Someone else could come and say, nothing's happening. I don't feel like anything's happening. I don't feel like I should do anything. I'm not even sure I should meditate. And they, if they were in the hojo, I would say, what do you want? Well, I just thought I'd come and tell you that. And what would I say? Exactly. I would say, okay. Anything else? <laughs> so you meet people where they're at as a Dharma teacher, and as a student of the, the Buddha Dharma, uh, with, especially with Sangha, with people in the community, meet people where they're at. That doesn't mean you have to agree with them. doesn't mean you have to disagree with them. And it certainly doesn't ha mean you have to look away or ignore them. But meet them where they're at. Just be there. Hang out. Listen. Smell, taste, touch. Don't lick people. I didn't say that. But be, be fundamentally present for someone as they're doing whatever they're doing, saying whatever they're saying. Just be with them. You may have some suggestions, you may not. If you do, they'll probably come out bubbling out spontaneously. You won't be able to stop them. And you may just sit and look. Everyone is so different, you can't have a protocol for how to do that. But if you have investigated here deeply and you begin to uh, crack through that belief in a self, belief uh, belief and disbelief, that whole structure of believing this and disbelieving that, if you begin to see that that is a that is a, just an incredible uh, charade. There isn't anything separate. There isn't anything separate. Separated? Yes. Separate? No. So therefore, what you're getting yourself into, what you're opening up to, is the incredible uh, totality, to use the positive word, of just totality. And you don't have to step outside to know that uh, it, it, is, it extends endlessly. Most of the world, most of the human beings you meet, probably just about all of them, are very, very wrapped up in their ideas, their opinions, their hopes, their fears, what they like, what they don't like, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. And quite often extend to you what you should be doing, what you should be thinking, how you should be acting. This is just horse shit. I don't mind saying it that way. Live, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be a Buddhist. You don't have to practice meditation. But be genuine. Be genuine. Be who you are. When I say be who you are, that may be difficult. You may, you may say, you may think, I don't know how to do that. Well, then maybe you should stay here for a while. And I don't mean have a clear plan. 
How do you know that it's a that such a thing as a plan? How do you know it's a plan? It doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? Or I could say it doesn't work. Right, right, right. Wrong, wrong, wrong. So when we so when we begin to look, when we sit down and train the mind, sit down, hold still, and watch what we see over time, we begin to see how crazy we are, how confused, and how how uh, one of the two veils we see right away is conflicting emotions. Having an emotion that is an emotion that wants that and another emotion that doesn't want that. And it's painful to, to the apparent self-centeredness to want one thing and then at the same time not want, no, I don't want that. I'm sure people who are, who are uh, involved in uh, intense, uh, uh, are trapped by a drug situation However, that may show up different for everyone, I think. That's, part of it is it's even more amplified by the, the, the uh, physiological, chemical situation that's happening. So people might look at you. I'll get to you, David, in a minute. People might look at you and think that you're sitting facing a wall, you're turning into a vegetable, or you're, or you're going into a trance, or you're, who, who knows what they're thinking. If they haven't done this, they have no idea. And even if they have done it, uh, practice meditation, what they begin to realize after a while that every single person in here facing a wall is in a different space. What your karma is, what your karma is, what the, the, the things that make up your particular personality. If you say, well, I had this kind of meditation, I had that kind of meditation, it, it, not interested. You say, I had a really great meditation. Great. Keep sitting. I had a, my meditation really sucked. Great. Keep sitting. And I don't mean that to be flippant about it. I'm saying, saying it everyone's path if you were to paint a picture of it you would see everybody's mountainside everybody's path through the underbrush and over the rocks and and, and down through the the swamp and uh, of one's uh, life one's personality one's the causes and conditions that arise at, as any given lifetime look at those things that have happened to your the events in your life that were really really difficult you're still here we've all had them we've had some really rotten stuff happen difficult painful stuff and some of it even life-threatening here, here we are in a room that's meant to do what? Train the mind. Train our mind. There's no religion being sold here. There's nothing really being promoted without your permission. You come in, you, give, you sit down, you give me permission to talk for an hour or so, and be a good idea to listen, and then forget it. Forget all of it. Forget everything I said. <clears throat> Inquiry and observation seem to go together. I don't know. Is there anything to do with that? Not much. Just repetition. Sit back down, hold still, watch. And it changes. It'll, if you do it enough, you'll notice changes in it that have uh, probably been going on for a while, but slipped away because you're bu busy adding on things about it. You're thinking about what you're thinking. Or you're thinking about what you're seeing or what you're tasting, what you're smelling, what you're remembering. You're thinking of, you're adding thoughts onto it. Whatever occurs, don't add. Whatever occurs, don't subtract or judge. Whatever occurs, don't look away or distract yourself. Stay right with it. Just stay with it. Just uh, You don't have to do it as a mental attitude necessarily. You can do it by just through the body. Just bring the body into a symmetrical situation. Sit down. Keep the back straight. Hold still. All the senses are open. Watch what arises. And what, are, what will arise uh, is a phenomenon. Yes? Uh, William Murray's daughter, Moodle. Melanie Boodles. Moodles, yeah. Said, Dad. Your teacher said horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> William.
You have to let me know when Noodles is watching. Melanie. Is she what, four? What? Is she four now? I think she's four years old. I forget sometimes. On YouTube. I apologize, Melanie. I'll try not to say that for a while. <laughs> I was wondering if you could say what self-regard in the context of the self-conscious is. So I think it's just a self, a self-reference kind of thing that everything is seen in terms of me and myself. So to use the other one, self-love is just totally enamored. We all know someone, probably. Maybe it's you. They're totally in love with themselves. And you could have several of these going on, of the four. One might just be, and a person doesn't have to be necessarily uh, difficult to be around. They could be very nice to be around, but they're just all about how wonderful they are. So about everything. And so, and then the next uh, self-pride, that's another one that shows up. And it's pretty obvious, but it also can be uh, very subtle, you know, a subtle kind of uh, pride going on that's uh, the person is maybe aware of it and is aware that when that shows up other people notice it and so they they don't want people to know that they're prideful so they huh, that's fine yeah why not you know, compliments are good go ahead compliment so the last one if I may self-delusion is the next one uh, atma atma moha atma is it moha something like that um, is it uh, it went through the ceiling. No, it didn't. That's as near as I can tell. You know, those are Sanskrit words, and I, I'm trying to think. Is it is it uh, Atma Dristi? Maybe that's the one. You don't you don't know. Uh, but there's one of those Sanskrit words that you could go in and look at the Sanskrit, and then maybe look at what it's what um, uh, how it was translated by um, Stefan Anaker or uh, Wutai Mountain or whatever, and see and see that there are different ways that can be translated. Sometimes if you read different translations of something, especially the 30 verses or the 20 verses, they sound like different situations altogether because there are people pick and choose their words based on their understanding of how that should be revealed. More? I'm just wondering when that, that self-regard starts to perpetuate how to work with it. Or if it can be... Do you see it in yourself? No. That's how you do it. You begin to you use those indexes and you, you see it. And of course... Maybe not, of course, but I'm I'm saying it this way. You don't have to get rid of anything. That's that's really a astonishing thing to realize. If you realize that, everything starts to open up because then you then the the ego, uh, insofar as it's still, you know, collecting uh, credentials and territory, uh, realizes that you're not going to get rid of it. But then then it then it asks something. Well, why do I feel like I'm at my funeral every time you walk into the zendo? Because that's probably the case. It's not that that has to vanish. It's just that it feels like it's not in charge anymore. It's it's more like a, a marionette that sits in the corner. It's still around. Is there a way to flash onto others? What? How? To, is there a way to flash onto others? And we're, we're all about ourselves. It affects me. I'm just wondering if there's a way to extend it to others. Okay. So to, to, con- to turn around your attention to benefiting others? Or, or, yeah, or just even acknowledging or trying to to see beyond just the self-centeredness of the story. The the way that I often uh, talk about, and you recognize this, and I, would there be a better way of saying it, but it's about, what, the only thing we have are our six sense fields, 
We actually have more than that, but we're, we need to look at those first so we can understand what they are so that we can actually begin to move beyond that. And whatever that beyond is, I'm not here to describe that. But I am here to say, don't forget gravity. Don't forget sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of smell, sense of hearing, sense of don't, don't. When you're all tied up in your thought patterns about this shouldn't happen, that should happen, they shouldn't do this, or some kind of discursive thought, whatever it may be, uh, accompanied with maybe feelings about it or sadness or whatever may be coming up for you. Um, it's, it's not about getting rid, about, rid of that. It's about seeing that it's basically unreal, that it actually has no substantial um, depth to it. It's, it's not real. So therefore, you don't have to get rid of it. You just have to see that it's like it's like you thought you were in your life when actually you you realize it's, as Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage. You realize it. My life is I, I don't actually have to step into this quarrel that's going on or to this finger pointing that's going on. I can I can actually just see it. If you if you if you have any ideas or opinions or additions or criticisms about what's happening, you'll be sucked right into it. But if you're able to just stay with what's arising without adding, whatever anyone says, add nothing to it. The the way this feels to ego, and ego doesn't like this, is they don't know what was just said because they're looking for a position. So when someone says, uh, give me something, uh, all leopards are teddy bears. Well, of course they're not. Well, are they? But if someone says something like that, rather than trying to figure out what they're saying, just hear, just hear that, and and allow the even maybe nonsense nature of it, or the the, the uh, lack of clarity around it that you're having, not that they're having, that allow that to be there for three seconds. Have a have a uh, an experience of not knowing, and it's not Alzheimer's. Can you see that something is unreal when it feels so overwhelming? That's that's how you do it. You see that it's overwhelming, and you see that it's emotion, and it's overwhelming, and then you, because of your because of in your situation or anybody's situation here, because of the awareness practice, you see that that has got tremendous space around it. What 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 uh, emotion that gets a hold of us and kind of drags us into some kind of a slimy pit of emotions and feelings where we feel like we're never going to get out on the other end, you know, has to do with with resisting that. And you can resist it through aggression, being mad. You can resist it through um, remorse, being really, really sad or really feeling sorry for yourself or just feeling just terrible. Those are just forms of self-centeredness. It's not saying that you're not going to feel that. Those emotions are not to be gotten rid of, nor is a self to be gotten rid of. But what happens with one who sees there is no solid self anywhere, there's no, there's no me and there's no them that when that happens, then those emotions are self-liberated. So then they may come and they may go, but they don't last. They may come, you could have in, intense sadness that does not last. You could have intense fear that may come up that just collapses because it's not perpetuated or reified by some kind of a, a worrywart mentality that what ego, ego is just constantly fretting about everything. Back, you know, just off stage a little ways. Yes. We're feeling something and then try to talk ourselves into not pushing, not pulling, not looking away. Maybe by saying, I'm just going to feel this. Yes. Is that a way of perpetuating it? No, I don't think so. That may, that may be a way of, of, um, of going the other direction 
but but it, it, we can't really look for success there because if you start looking for success, you've just left the project. You're back in the room where all the blueprints are, and you know the the road is not being built, or the this, the, the thing that you need to do to work with it is being abandoned for uh, some kind of evaluation project. So yes, it is say just just be here. It's like saying looking around and saying everything is dependently arisen. Say that a hundred times a day and look at something when you say it or see something or hear something, you hear a sound that's dependently arisen, that, that does not have its own self nature. And that's true with every consciousness that's in this room, every, every uh, six sense fields and their objects, every matrix that we call a human being, not separate. If, if it's realized, then the emotions and feelings may still come and go, but when they come, as you've heard me say it different ways, they, they can't really find a self anymore. So they, you're still here, you still have nerve endings, you still eat uh, food and you taste, you hear, you smell, you still, you're still receiving the world coming to you through the sense fields, but the, the grasping is gone, the demand is gone. So there's a lot more appreciation going on, a lot more even enjoyment of what's coming and going and coming and going. I'm not saying you're enjoying having your teeth drilled. No, that's painful, but it's pain. So we have nerve endings, things hurt. But there's no solid being behind any of that distress. What is uh, dharma when it insults? You see the teacher insults, insults. More, more. Uh, a little louder, David. Oh, dharma that insults us or that we feel like a teacher insults. How does the dharma, what's that look like? Insult. Well, <laughs> it's uh, to someone, to self-centeredness, it's quite an insult to hear that you don't exist. That there's no solid, separate self in this condensed form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, or memory and consciousness. You can't find a self any in there anywhere. And yet, that's the whole. That's the the conceptual uh, uh, structure. That if we put that on a human being, there's a, there's a, there's a form, and there's the other four, which is the consciousness uh, area, the perception, concepts, or thinking process, and then the six sense fields and their objects. So. We're having a feeling, this uh, was talking about um, saying, I'm just going to feel this. Is that setting up an insult? Is it what? Setting up an insult? Uh, maybe. How would you see it? It seems to put some tension to why, yeah. you know, I guess I might want to look away. So if I mm -hmm. intend to stay there, it's abrasive. <laughs> it could be. So it's always about awareness. It's rather than about rather than, it's always about awareness rather than accomplishing some kind of abstract or conceptual. Just about the awareness, which is a, an open dimension, which things can come and go. Things. It's like instead of most people are they might not think so, but most people because they don't know the contrast. Most people are living in a broom closet. They're living in a little tiny space that is their ideas, their opinions, their hopes, their fears, what they like, what they don't like. Over here is their smartphone. And here's their laptop, probably a PC. There must be something else in here. It's like that's just an image. I mean, it's just a, a metaphor for closed, closed mind, closed ideas. Not much can get in, you know, except through certain, uh, you know, little holes where people speak through to get to you. And then you could to use another metaphor. You could say to someone who is liberated, it would be more like living in an open field. You might not be able to tell yourself. The difference between yourself and the cow that's sleeping over there. Just a metaphor, just a way of saying closed up and very open. Fundamentally, 
And when I say fundamentally, I mean it. Fundamentally, those two things are not different. They're not separate. You should ask questions if you don't understand. Um, at the beginning, you were talking about the seventh consciousness, and, and then I think you said uh, the diseased mind filters out and makes up stuff. What is, what is a diseased mind? Well, diseased means that it's, it's grasping it. It's giving itself a hard time. It's giving everything a hard time based on hope and fear and based on uh, thinking some things are right and some things are wrong, based on judging, evaluating, condemning, uh, lifting up, pushing down. The three poisons, passion, aggression, and ignorance. Go further. But it just seems like my tendency is to always um, say, well, you, you say awareness, it's just about awareness, but yes. that doesn't feel like it's enough. Okay. Is that the diseased mind that's making a comment on Could just, be. just look? Yeah, it's uh, all that's being really said uh, is besides the study, we study the concepts that have been passed down through the centuries because they're concepts that describe what this is, this uh, indescribable situation over and over again, like the 30 verses of Vasubandhu, very incredible 30 verse description of the nature of reality. So we, we use that because the, the ego self-centered mind really likes concepts and likes to think and likes to think up stuff. So we give it something to think about since, since, since the self-centeredness thinks it's going to get included in realization because it doesn't realize it's, it's a, an actor but it doesn't get included that being said it's also not separate from anything because it's not two but still we have to go through that dharma gate we have to go through that dharma gate first and that has to be a realization before we can see that buddhas and sentient beings are not two different things the equality of sameness and difference sandokai things that are the same are also different things that are different are also the same a very simple way of saying something that someone centuries and centuries ago, saw the nature of things and brought that understanding back into conceptual form and taught it. It's all over in the sutras. <clears throat> we have some more time, a few more questions. I had a question about the insults from the teacher. Mm -hmm. When that um, occurs or we perceive that occurs, can trying to say that it's a teaching be a way to not feel so bad about it or a way to soften that? I, I think it can show up so many different ways. I mean, that is... It really can. Has your teacher ever insulted you? Who's your teacher? <laughs> I certainly didn't insult you. The only person I can think of I've deliberately insulted in here is Unyo. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Shoka. I've insulted Shoka. Uh, I don't know. I better shut up. <laughs> Go down the whole list. So the insult may be the from the... the Teacher, that he, she, they may not be deliberately insulting you. We're not saying that. Just interaction with someone who is present uh, will show up your own. It shows up. Someone who's here, if that doesn't show up in a, uh, a typical way, in a way that you could say, well, this is how someone was awake. This is how they would show up. If that's the case, then I'd have to figure out which one of my teachers was actually awake. They're nothing alike, and I'm nothing like any of them. Nice fingers. <laughs> Is that an insult? I meant it to be an insult. <laughs> Didn't quite get you. Further questions? Don't you? I'm not sure how to ask this exactly, but you mentioned that an insult from a teacher comes out of the space yes. of the situation. Yes. So can something intentional come out of space? Like an intentional insult? 
maybe, but from the point of view of a teacher-student situation, it's probably not particularly intentional. Maybe some of that there, but not much. Usually it's just just the dynamic of dealing with someone who uh, is not uh, unclear about what is going on. And that, that is not, not necessarily going to show up as light beams coming out of their ears or, you know, walking on. What are those things that enlightened people walk on? Rainbows? No. It was, is that where you're going with it? It's like something was deliberately, like, I need to insult her because she's too unenlightened. <laughs> but she needs a good, like, we got whacked upside the head with a the Europa. Yeah, Talopa hit Naropa with a sandal, isn't that it? Or, you know, those Tibetan guys there. And there's a bunch of people hitting each other down. Used to be that, you know, that's the only way you could get your point across, to whack somebody. I think it was 12 years he waited before he finally hit him. He got me picking my finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. You'd win. Yes. Uh, Gyokudo from uh, Minnesota. It's about asks, time you had a question. Does how we show up change when we awaken? I mean, how... How we show up to others, or ask her. Is that what you meant? <laughs> I would say it this way: less of an agenda, but th that can turn around on a on a dime and be a really strong agenda about something. But usually, uh, from the point of view of, of realization, it's it, we don't know what's going to happen because we 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 don't see a big picture, but we we don't clamp down on little pictures. So therefore, we're in uh, no man's land, no woman's land. No them's land. Is it them? No they land? She said yes. That's what she meant. What did I ask her? <laughs> so you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, you, you may show up uh, in different ways. There's no, there's no correct, you're, you're not really following any protocol for anything, particularly. Yes. Is awakening apparent to others? There's no way uh, others can know. The way they would know possibly is to be inspired by you by the teachings and and to be on the same wavelength or similar wavelength as a as a person who was a, a teacher and then you might that might be enough to do it some kind of just strong feeling of communication that you could really understand somehow or you felt had some kind of a connection is that what um, is that how it was for you with your teachers yeah with uh, uh, Trunk Rinpoche, it was very uh, obvious and immediate and and uh, and scary because I, I was very used to being self-centered and I'm going to do this myself. I don't need any help from anybody. Not about to trust anybody. And then he came along. Difficult to explain what it was like. It was just scary. Four minutes. Someone have a four-minute question? Yes. Uh, Sheldon from Union City has a question. Yes, can an inquiry be complete? I think if an inquiry is complete, there probably won't be any more. I'm not saying you wouldn't, you know, say, what time are we going to have lunch? I'm not saying you wouldn't have inquiries, but I'm saying fundamentally looking for what this is or what this whole situation is uh, would be over with. That doesn't mean that all kinds of unusual things wouldn't arise. I mean, all kinds of things could arise. But uh, the conflict between self and other would be, the, the, all the hot air would have gone out of that balloon. So one would not be uh, operating so much as investigating things, but one would be operating more about receiving things. As I've said many times, I'm saying again, give everything your attention. You don't have to do anything with it necessarily, unless you do. 
You need to have a volunteer to go pick up Sheldon on the holiday. I don't see any hands raised. There's there's a couple. Okay, you're all set, Sheldon. You can come up here and party down. <laughs> the all day city. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> Further questions about anything in particular? Or nothing in particular? Michelle? Can someone even show up for half day sitting during the all day sure. sitting? You can come and sit for an hour and leave. I'll do that. <laughs> but you no, know, we, we don't have strong boundaries. I mean, everybody's all over the place with different jobs and schedules and different distances from the temple. No, any anytime you can come and sit, please just come right in. You know, quietly come in and find a spot and sit down. Certainly, it's from nine to nine to nine. So anytime in there, the Dharma talk is at four thirty in the afternoon. And so, so do we have your email? We can send these. I don't think we do. We should it Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anybody else that's out there listening, watching, please come and join us on Saturday. We'll meditate all day. Or I'm not going to take a nap. <laughs> you guys can meditate. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. Once again, remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway, as well as online with PayPal or debit and credit cards. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we never...